passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. It's your host, Jeff Ponce. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host and the master of the fantasy world. That would be Dylan White. What's going on, Dylan? How are you, man? It's Catcher's Week here at Baseball America. We released our Catcher's Ranking following up our top 50 dynasty ranking. We're going to be rolling through uh, positional rankings for the better part of the next two months. And this is the first one. So congratulations. We're kicked off into ranking season, Dylan. We did it. We did it. I'm uh, I'm shivering here at the airport waiting for Otani to get off the plane. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get off the plane. It's cold on the tarmac here, but I still managed to get my catchers in. So... <laughs> I'm happy that uh, that got published. You might be waiting for a while, Dylan. I don't know if you saw it published, but uh, Shohei Otani signed a 10-year contract with the Dodgers with the uh, details are <laughs> quite interesting as he deferred a majority of a $700 million, I have a quotation marks here, contract uh, to after he is done playing or the contract runs out. Who knows if he'll be done playing for the Dodgers at, at that point. Um, but... This will take him uh, until pretty much the end of his career here. And uh, it's exciting to think, you know, he may not pitch next season, but it is exciting to think that Otani is going to be in a lineup with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and, you know, Will Smith, talking catchers, Will Smith, and uh, a handful of others, you know. I mean, it's still a talented lineup, um, and he has an opportunity to actually play in the playoffs and play meaningful games for the first time in his career. So that's also exciting, at least in America. He's in Major League Baseball. I'm really like, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, he's played a meaningful game in America and he's played meaningful games in Japan. And <laughs> so anyway, before I, I, I stop backtracking here, what are your initial thoughts on Otani? We're both, you're a dedicated Blue Jays fan and I am uh, a Blue Jays leaning prospect writer uh <laughs> but i think we both wanted him to sign with the blue jays and uh it, it seemed like a little bit of a shock and as it never kind of clicked that day for me i never fully bought in uh and then it all came crashing down over the course of about 12 hours yeah it was uh it was painful 
because I, I bought in. I bought in when Morosi uh, said he had sources confirming he was on the plane, and it was just talking to my friends. It's like, if he's on the plane, he's not coming here to announce that he's signing with someone else. So that was the thing. It wasn't the the Dodger Nation blog. Of course, that added to it, and following the plane and all that was was fun and on Twitter as well. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a, a slap in the face when uh, turned out he wasn't. When Nightingale posted the infamous tweet that he is at home in Southern California, not on the plane, um, and it all came crashing down. It would have been better if we hadn't gotten our hopes up. But uh, it's Tuesday night as we're recording this, and uh, it was just reported that the Giants, Farhan Zaidi, was saying that they offered the exact same terms to Otani that he ended up signing with. So $700 million deferred, all that stuff, and it was just Otani chose the Dodgers. So it's very interesting. Everyone's yelling at the Dodgers for ruining baseball and all that, but you know, everyone had the opportunity to offer the same thing, and it sounds like some teams did, in fact, do that. So anyway, of course, hats off to the Dodgers. It kind of was written in the cards before. I think we all thought it would be the Dodgers at the end of the year where he'd sign. They have the budget. He's in L.A. already, West Coast, etc. cetera. Um, so it shouldn't come as a surprise. It's just more of the like the rug kind of got pulled out from underneath us here in Toronto when we thought that it was going to happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll learn more maybe in the coming weeks, months, years about uh, – what this free agent process was like and just how close he was to signing with the Blue Jays. But I think it's totally possible that the Giants and the Blue Jays offered the same exact deal. Uh, What we've heard is that Otani came with those terms in the contract. Um, And, you know, potentially the Dodgers maybe didn't want to meet the terms at first or had different conditions. And then, you know, when their feet were held to the fire, uh eventually the match that i think we all thought was going to happen from the very beginning happens and uh they sign otani to a record-setting contract not just in baseball but in the world of sports in terms of total dollar value etc uh once again i think just as a baseball fan i would have loved to see him with the blue jays i think they would have had a great chance to make you know uh, the playoffs next year as they did this year and and maybe make a run He's got a better opportunity with the Dodgers, probably. So there we go. Um, so, you know, hopefully we get to see more of that. That's not all, though. We got more signings. Uh, Jung Ho Lee, Korean outfielder. Uh, the, the, is he the grandson of Wind? Is that, is that was son of Wind? Son of Grand, Wind. Grandson, of Wind. I think. I think it's grandson. Grandson. Okay. Because his, his grandfather was a, Fame. I thought his father was a famous Korean baseball player, but anyway, maybe it was his grandfather. Either way, um, it's a great nickname. Uh, he's a talented player. Um, you know, if you were watching uh, any Korean games during the 2020 pandemic when it was the only baseball we could watch, uh, he played for the Kiwam Heroes alongside um, uh, Kim from the, the Padres. And, uh, you know, they were kind of two of the bigger prospects or two of the big, biggest prospects in that league. Um, talented contact hitter, doesn't swing and miss very often, really good approach, um, had a power breakout in 2022 when he won the KBO MVP award, um, kind of, I think was injured this year, fell back a little bit in terms of the power. I wouldn't project, especially with him signing with the Giants, to kind of bury the lead there, with him signing with the Giants and the power that he has, I wouldn't be projecting him for more than like 
10 to 12 home runs. And that might even be a little rich. I think you could probably go into single digits. and wouldn't necessarily be wrong. There will be speed. He's going to hit the alleys in that, in that park. Um, you know, obviously good parks to hit in as well in that division. And he's going to play center field. So going to play every day, probably score a fair amount of runs. We'll see what the Giants can eventually sign behind him. They've been trying to throw money at everybody over the last couple of years and just have not been able to get it done. So maybe they bring in some mashers behind him and uh, that boosts his value a little bit. But I think a batting average, you know, on base and and runs kind of guy, maybe a Stephen Kwan kind of a comp in terms of fantasy production. What do you say, Dylan? Yeah, uh, Eno Saris comped him to Brendan Donovan. And I, I like that too. I think he's got a little less speed than Kwan, but, you know, good outfielder, good defense. Um, so Kwan meets Donovan. Solid on base skills. I think Steamer has him 290 batting average, 353 on base, 11 homers, eight stolen bases, something like that. Um, Roster Resource has him batting seventh right now in the lineup, that Giants lineup. Um, I expect he'll probably get to the top of the lineup leading off. Maybe they have Lamonte Wade, who uh, had a great year last year uh, against righties. He would lead off against righties. Um, they have him there right now. I, I expect. You know, Jung Hooley is probably going to be up there uh, by mid-season at some point. Um, I do like it. I like this type of player. I think they're very un- underrated in redraft and dynasty. I always have like the Quans and the Donovans and the McNeils and the Luis Arias's that people don't like because they think they're just, you know, uh, empty, empty stats, but with good batting average and they just don't want that. But I like having that. It kind of frees you up to also go for like the Gallo types or the Schwarbers that may hurt your batting average. So um, the, the the batting average is always solid with them, and that gives you a lot of flexibility um, It's because it's also very hard to find batting average on the wire um, if you need to catch up. So to have a nice nice cushion at the front of the season is always nice to have. So I, I like the signing. I'll probably have a lot of Jung Hoo Lee. Yeah, I, I do as well. I, I will as well. Um, he's somebody that I had uh, actually picked up, I think, in the mock draft that we did with uh, – uh, Eric Cross a couple weeks back. Um, so he's somebody that uh, I've kind of been on. I agree with you. I feel like you kind of need those guys. Uh, you know, once you get past a certain point in any startup draft, any redraft, um, you don't get the complete players any longer. So you sort of got to pick and choose and bring up the C level in different categories with different types of players. And as you said, he offsets a masher perfectly. And you're definitely going to be going after those guys. Because uh, they help you in other categories that are essential. So good to have a good balance. And uh, I think with five outfielder leagues as well, uh, I'm always searching for outfielders that could potentially provide hidden value. And I think just from a counting stats perspective, because he does have defensive value, you know, the big contract will play every day. There's an opportunity there for some big stats. And, you know, there's been some sneaky performers despite the park in San Francisco over the last couple of years as well. Um, you know, some cheaper finds you mentioned one earlier in in lamont wade um but i think you know thario estrada certainly has his fans uh you know as well as uh, wilmer flores so there's been a handful of players jack peterson a few years ago so it, it happens guys uh i think he could be a valuable player as well um seth lugo leaving san diego after a career year at age 33 he signs a three-year contract with 45 million dollars with the kansas city royals what's your take on it dylan do you like it do you not like it? I think he's worth the money. I think uh, he's been a guy that uh, in fantasy, 
he's always been interesting because he he kind of goes between starter and reliever. And so he gets kind of like 110 innings and you get it very cheap because people don't want to take a risk on him. But he always has good ERAs, nice curveball. Um, I think I had him last year. I think uh, Brian and I had him in the, the main event team. Um, I think it could be wrong. Um, so he, he's very good. I also have a sort of soft spot for him. I just for the Royals um, to sign him. I don't know if this is the right time um, for them to kind of sign a big guy like that. I know they were linked to like Marcus Stroman, I think, and maybe even Giolito. And I mean, I like when teams go for it. I just, uh, I don't know about the timing of it necessarily, but I guess the AL central is not the, you know, the strongest yeah. division. So anyone can take it. So, you know, I admire them for doing it and, and props to them for doing so. But uh yeah, I don't know if I'd spend $45 million or commit $45 million to Seth Lugo at this point as, as a Royal. You know, the dollar seemed higher than I was anticipating. That being said, you know, I was I was sort of excited to see the Royals go out there um, and be aggressive with somebody like this. I think this is something that the Oakland A's, back when they were a competitive baseball team, did this with guys like Rich Hill. Uh, years ago and got good you know got a really good, a good year out of him um this is sort of a late stage breakout too if you look last year he pitched really well the underlying uh, era estimators are really good they're in the threes um you know it's like a eight per nine nine per nine sort of k rate with you know uh, good command he's not going to kill your whip um and he showed the ability to start last year he's got a little bit of a rubber arm you know as you mentioned there's not a lot of guys and that can be a lot of wear and tear on the body, maybe even more so than starting is starting, relieving, you know, kind of filling that sort of uh, variety of roles that Lugo has filled over this, the course of his career. That, you know, that being said, on the Royals, I'm not buying in here <laughs> at all. But if they're healthy, you know, the top of the lineup isn't bad. Um, you know, Melendez, we'll talk about him maybe. Uh, interesting, you know, Outfielder, really, you still got some catcher eligibility depending upon your league and, and how they uh, assign uh, values and eligibility. Um, Bobby Wood Jr., who is one of the best young players in baseball. Salvador Perez can still hit. Um, Vinny Pasquatino lost 2023, uh, but we know what he can do when he's on. And, you know, Vel you know Nelson Velasquez was all right uh, toward the end of the season. Michael Massey has shown moments. The bottom half of the lineup isn't great here, but they're going to run. They can defend fairly well. Uh, and then you look at the rotation, and, like, it's starting to shape up a little bit, Dylan. Like, Cole Reagan's at the top. If he's healthy and gives us a full year of what we saw in the second half last year, it's a really exciting, uh, you know, number one starter there, potentially. Seth Lugo is your number two. is fine, especially on a team like this. Um you know, Brady, Brady Singer has had consecutive good seasons. I don't get real excited about Singer, but, you know, I think he's fine from a real-life perspective as your 3-4 starter. And, you know, we'll see what they can scrap out at the back end of this rotation. They signed Will Smith. Um, <laughs> here we are talking about Will Smith. Uh, grab Matt Sauer in the, in the Rule 5 draft. They're kind of building a bullpen. They already had a couple of nice pieces there. Grab Kyle Wright in a trade. They'll only be, he'll be a year or so away. Bubich will be coming back in a couple of years. I feel like they're kind of building something. It might be more interesting in 2025, uh, especially considering who they get uh, in the first round this year. But I don't know, Dylan. Like I'm not, I'm not totally out on the Royals. There's not a ton of stuff coming through in terms of positional talent in the system. 
Um, but hey, I, I appreciate them adding a piece like right here and you know making a run for it potentially. I mean, we'll see in the AL Central, but Cleveland's kind of backing up. They're potentially selling off some pieces. They have the number one pick. Maybe they lean into a little little bit of a rebuild here for a couple of years. The Tigers have still not been able to get over the hump. Um, you know, the White Sox, they've kind of blown things up and they could be selling. You got the Twins who have lost some players. It will be really interesting to see how this division shakes up. Shakes up. And if some of these young guys take a step forward, um, you know, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world, Dylan, if they scraped it out as like a 500 division winner. It could happen next year in the AL Central, at least as currently constituted. That's the way these teams look. It's going to be like an 82 and 80 winner, you know, division winner there. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think even maybe worst case, if it doesn't work out for them, they could always trade him too. Like if, he, if he's putting up a low three ERA, um, a contender will want Seth Lugo. He's that type of like back of the rotation starter that, that'll uh, kind of solidify the rotation. So, yeah, don't uh, don't put it in the paper that I'm bought in on the, on the Royals. I'm just saying it could. I, I appreciate them making a a a valuable major league move and actually adding a quality major league player and not just going and signing like Jordan Lyles again. Right. So I'm saying I, I think there's some good there. Last bit of news before we jump into some catcher talk. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio tears his ACL, ugly injury. Who knows how long he's going to be out? Probably a majority of the 2023 season, at least easily the first half. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how long it takes him to come back from this injury uh, in this age of modern medicine. But uh, yeah, typically this is this is not something that uh, you come back from right away. But I guess it happened in December, so I don't want to rule out the entire season. We'll learn more uh, from the experts. You might have already read some expert opinions, Dylan. But what are your thoughts on Mauricio? This is kind of sad. I think we're going to probably have to Move him down in our rankings, though our shortstop rankings aren't yet published. So that's good. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I like Mauricio. Uh, I like him for this year, too. He doesn't seem to be – he wasn't taken that high in the ADP that I've seen. Um, and the Mets said that they had – their third baseman was already on the team. They weren't going to sign a third baseman. And so there were the speculations of Mauricio is in Beatty. Um, I guess it's not Mauricio anymore. Uh so I guess that's good for Brett Beatty. I think so. Reese Hoskins had a similar injury, right? And that was like in spring training, and he missed the year. But I think they were talking about maybe he'd be able to come back for the playoffs. So I don't know. Is that six months, seven months? So come August, maybe Mauricio might be able to come back. But uh, yeah, pretty much a lost season, and it kind of sucks because it's like right in like a, a key kind of development year. He, he had a nice cup of coffee in the majors, stole some bases, played some well, played played well some and uh you know looking for him to take a step forward um and yeah unfortunately you probably won't be able to do that until september maybe next year yeah it's uh it's a sad one because i think he could have been a potential x factor for the mets and maybe even in fantasy just because of that power speed combo he can play a few different positions in the infield he's an exciting player you know does a lot of things well so uh here's to a speedy recovery for ronnie mauricio and with that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some catcher ranks. What do you say, Dylan? Sounds good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. I hope that was a valuable advertisement and maybe helped you with some last minute Christmas shopping. Who knows? Uh, Dylan, it is catcher's uh, week. It is catcher's rankings week. It is ranking season. It's kind of word salad there. But anyway, Adley Rushman at the top. I don't think there's any debate in terms of dynasty rankings. Redraft, you want to be a Will Smith guy. You want to get real crazy and be a William Contreras guy. Go ahead, do that. But Adley Rushman for me in Dynasty, easy pick. Had an opportunity to get him in the Highlander, uh, the, the first, the Highlander, the big throwback draft where there's some good pieces. I had two different picks. And uh, I thought Rushman was going to go one. He dropped to me at five. So I scooped him up. I'm happy to have him. Uh, I think the best is yet to come still with Adley. Yeah, no question. Uh, just the whole package. Literally, hit tool, defense, power, switch hitter, uh, incredible defense. Maybe I said that already. Um, young, great team, great lineup. Uh, showed that he can, you know, carry sort of the, the mantle of, you know, the, the, the team's franchise player and not crumble. Did well in the home run contest. A little bit of uh, cheekiness by hitting both from both sides of the plate. He's kind of got it all, all together, so. No question for both of us, uh, number one catcher. Regardless of format, OBP, yeah. batting average, points, doesn't matter. He's, he's, he's your guy. I was uh, having a conversation just with uh, an actual, you know, non-online friend of mine um, who is not a, a baseball fanatic like us. And uh, we were talking a little bit. He's a Red Sox fan. We were talking a little bit AL East and the current – demographic and setup and how difficult it is for them to compete and he's like i don't get the orioles blah 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 and i was like well man i mean you know you got a franchise catcher like you know guy has the potential to be an all-time great and he's like oh that's hyperbole it's crazy and i'm like dude he's got he's got two five war seasons like in his you know like to start his career um and probably could have been up in the major leagues a year or so earlier frankly uh, had it not been for the pandemic um and you know service time and all those shenanigans but yeah i mean adley rushman is the truth there's no there's no questions there it's a very special player uh not a lot of guys like this so if you get an opportunity to own a special player in dynasty i think you got to do it you know um i think there are certain guys like that that are just transcendent at each position uh that those are the guys 
even if from year to year they're you know fifth and not first um the cumulative over the course of you know as, as long as you're rostering if you keep them for four or five years probably going to end up with number one value there so pretty easy there's some interesting names right after him francisco alvarez we have a two will smith at three william Contreras at four um not gonna give away the whole list but i think these are some pretty easy names i guess for you dylan why alvarez over smith is it just the age factor um how big is the upside do you believe for alvarez um and you know how far off is Contreras for you from like smith alvarez and i guess adley though adley's in a tier of his own yeah i mean they're they're all close for me i have them all kind of in my personal 100 um it's just kind of pick pick what what you want. So Alvarez is twenty two, going to be twenty two for the upcoming season. Huge power, best is yet to come. Of course, you know he'll he'll peak in five years. You'll have thirty home run power probably for most of the next five years. Um, so if you're looking, if your window is not necessarily this year, but in future years, you know Alvarez is the one to have, and he'll probably be very good for you know ten years. Uh, Will Smith elite right now in the middle of that Dodger lineup we talked about at the top Otani Betts Freeman and then Will Smith probably clean up he had a bit of a, a bad season last year but you know he had a I think he had a concussion he had that that wrist injury I, I had him in a couple leagues and uh he was frustrating but I think there was a clear sort of uh decline line at right where he got hit and was injured and I never kind of really recovered so kind of giving him a a mulligan on that one love will smith though but he's 29 gonna be 29 so you know he he's just leaving his prime now william Contreras, um excellent numbers going into the season last year um and he showed that it wasn't a fluke he plays dh2 when he doesn't catch um so he gets a lot of volume in his plate appearances like uh, almost 600 um and his defense is good too so it's not like it's like he has to be a DH and he's going to lose his positional eligibility. He played really well uh, defensively. So, you know, it's kind of what you want. You want the, you want the immediate near-term hitting of William Contreras. You want, uh, you know, Will Smith in the great lineup. Um, but, you know, getting maybe a bit older, William Contreras is only 26. Will Smith, like I said, is 29. So, you know, there's an age thing there, depending on what your window is. And then Francisco Alvarez, who's going to, you know, heir apparent to sort of the Sal Perez slugger catcher type for the next 10 years. And I, I kind of like the uh, the peak of Francisco Alvarez, like mid thirties home runs is what I'm predicting. And uh, in, being in New York, he's gonna get a lot of buzz too. So um, he's sure. a guy that if you have him on your team, you know, everyone's gonna want him. He's gonna be a, a clear sort of uh, key, key piece of your team that everyone will want. Yeah, I think the one thing I'll say about Smith regardless of performance this year is it's still really good underlying skills, um, you know, good contact. Uh, there's approach there. Like I, I don't, I think his floor is probably what we saw last season, frankly. And I think there could be some big offensive years uh, kind of remaining there, you know, um, you know, puts the ball in the air quite a bit. Like that's one of the things with Contreras that uh, I'm a little bit weary of is he's really ground ball heavy in terms of his, his batted ball profile. Um, you know, there's less contact than there is with Smith. I just, um, I, I don't know. I, I tend to lean a little bit more uh, on Will Smith, despite 
the baseball card production that, you know, Contreras had last season. So I think that might be skewing some of it, but I, I do try to sort of do the same things that I do when I look at prospects and there's even more stats available for major leaguers. So um, I try to look at skills. I try to look at, you know, what do these guys do well? If I was just not knowing the name or even the, the, the team construct, if I just looked at what the player does in terms of his batted ball profile, um, you know, what the player does in terms of, you know, his chase rate and, you know, his, his zone contact and just overall contact rate, swing strike rate, all that sort of stuff. I can get a pretty good image of like the plate skills of this particular hitter. And obviously we have stat cast and, you know, a variety of different sites where you can break, break down splits of different things and situational stuff at the major league level. So try to do a lot of that as I was ranking some of these major leaguers out. Um, Cause the prospects I'm frankly just more familiar with because I've done all that work. Uh, so digging in a little bit more, you know, I'm excited to do that over the next couple of months, especially as I finish up these pesky handbook chapters, Dylan. Um, but I, I actually enjoyed digging in for probably the first 16 to like 17 catchers. And then it started to become a little bit of a slog. And it was like, I don't know how much I like some of these guys, <laughs> you know, um, but now we've talked a little bit about the top. I don't think we have to go in. I want to mention first prospect that we have ranked here uh, is Samuel Paseo. He's inside the top 10. Um, I don't know if Paseo is a catcher long-term. He might be a first baseman. He might be a DH. He might be a left fielder. Maybe he moves to third base. I don't know. Um, I do think just in terms of it's his position, how we're going to rank him. This is one of the more exciting bats among prospects in fantasy it's huge power probably plus plus there's field to hit he performed you know uh at you know a very appropriate age to low he's very young for both levels uh stop stop two stops of a ball there um could potentially see double a next year as a 19 year old he's pretty special i don't think he's going to follow in the gunner henderson jackson holiday you know uh number adley rushman number one prospect uh in the top 100 thing but he could be creeping into the top 15 in the next year or so, especially with a great performance. He's exciting. I don't know if he's a catcher long-term, but the bat is so good that he, for me, is more valuable than a, a lot of um, other catchers here in, in Dynasty. Just to own him, just to roster him. Yeah, I mean, I, like, he was the number one uh, high A prospect but per RoboScout. Um but it was always like he's not going to play catcher with Adley there. So like, what like is he blocked? But I think the bat is just so good. Like you said, that he's going to you know DH or, or play first, um, or we'll get him in the in the lineup somehow because um, the, the bat is so good. I mean, I ha I have my my prime projections have him like being like a thirty home run bat. Um, he is like a five to six WAR guy. Like it's it's pretty undeniable. Um, based on the numbers that he's going to, mm -hmm. you know, be in the majors and be a very productive, productive hitter. So I, I don't think uh, I, I've changed my tune on, on him being blocked by Adley. He's going to be in the he's going to be in a lineup and he's going to be producing. So maybe we'll get traded too. They True. could they could finally make a trade. It looks like I might be on the clock here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when you have the you have it in the background, and you're not paying attention. And you're like, oops. I'm on air and I'm in a draft and I totally forgot. Uh, so apologies for that. Oh, you listening? It was very unprofessional of me. My apologies. 
that being said, Dylan, I think that's a great point. And Visayo uh, agree. He's really exciting. Let's talk about, we're not going to give away all of our sleepers. We're going to have a post coming out tomorrow that details a couple of sleepers, some of our targets, a potential fade as well. Um, like we did last year, we're going to combine it into a supplemental post, maybe digging a little bit more in the flurbs, give you a little bit more meat on the bones. You can give me a fade. You can give me a target. You can give me a sleeper. Whoever you want. I have one of, of mine in mind. I can certainly go first if you need a minute. Do you have one in mind? Yeah, I can go. I can go. I think uh, I think one that the more I dug in, just the more he was interesting to me. So I guess I have him as a target. I have him in my top seven maybe for catchers, and that's Bo Naylor. He just – his framing and his pop times for Savant – in his 230 plate appearances, so whatever number of games that is, um, was like excellent. Was very, very, <laughs> very well graded there. So from defense point of view, he, he's good. So that's one of the things I like to look at first for catchers. Is he going to stick behind the plate? Is he an asset behind the plate? Um, then it was like his approach. He doesn't chase. His contact rate is great. He takes a lot of walks. Um, so, you know, that's obviously very good. And uh, he he debuted quite well. He had 123, a 123 WRC plus in that uh, brief cup of coffee. Uh, he's heading into his age 24 season. He's playing with his brother, so you know he's happy in the clubhouse, <laughs> giving each other noogies. Um, yeah, I like Bo Naylor. I just I think he's undervalued from some of the lists I've seen. Some of these dynasty lists that are starting to come out. I, I think he's uh, a l- little lower than I would have him, and so. I want to mm. kind of plant my flag and say Bo Naylor is uh, my, my target for this year. Yeah, and he is uh, he is eighth in our rankings. That's a perfect split of our two rankings. You have seven, have him seven in your personal rankings. I have nine. I have Vasayo really high. <laughs> seven in my personal rankings. So he's behind him. But agree, it's another one of those conversations we were talking about, I was mentioning before, with Will Smith, where I'm looking at the skills. And the underlying skills are there with Naylor. For him to be a really successful major league hitter, I think he is going a little bit undervalued because there's a few guys with a lot more name value um, that I would absolutely be rostering um, over him. Uh, Wilson Contreras being one in particular. But that being said, let me go into mine. Um, I am a big fan of Sean Murphy. Uh, I think you, you put it uh, eloquently in your blurb here that you wrote for the uh, the catcher's top 50. Um, had a really good first half, dealt with injuries, had a rough second half, still had a really good underlying season um, overall. Um, you know, finished with a 129 WRC plus. I think he was at least top 10 in fantasy for catchers in terms of like WRC plus might be even higher for catchers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a tough second half. I mean, he hit, just to put it into perspective, in the second half, he hit 159, 310, 275 after hitting 306, 400, 599. So the injury was obviously impacting him. The numbers were great before that. If you get a full healthy season out of Sean Murphy this year, um, in a great lineup, we'll see. You know, he put up 20 home runs last year. I think it's certainly possible he could do that potentially with a higher batting average if you're in an OBP league or an OPS league, you know, good on base percentage, near 500 sort of slug last year, um, and at one point in the season above. Um, so 
he's somebody for me that I do feel is is a little bit undervalued. Um, you know, long term contract. He's going to be what twenty nine years old uh, for you know all of of twenty twenty four. So he's still got a few years left, three or four years left, where I think uh, he could be a productive hitter in the lineup. Is not going to change anytime soon because they have everybody that's good locked up for a long period of time. And who knows, they could still add some players potentially via trade uh, or free agent signing. So we'll see what happens. But it's uh, it's interesting to me uh, that Murphy kind of goes a little bit underrated considering what he's capable of doing. So I think we have him at 12 overall, and uh, he's definitely going to be a target for me because he's a guy that's outside of like the top 10 that I think you can get uh, probably equally depending on the format. And could potentially outproduce guys that are going ahead of him. So um, he's a good value for me. Somebody that I'm definitely going to be targeting. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree. I love Sean Murphy. I was surprised to see that he, like he said, his career best in batting average and OBP this year because I had him. I had him and Matt Chapman in TGFBI, and in that first couple months, I was like, "All right, this is in the bag." And then, of course, <laughs> they both they both tailed off. Um, so I, I'm surprised that he's still on the season had such a great year. And I think because we can probably attribute uh, with great confidence that his second half was like an injury related tail off, not a skills related tail off that that means projections are, are going to be underrating him because they're really taking that, you know, those numbers at face value and thinking he was, he was bad. Um, so he's probably going to outdo his projection, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, which is basically what you said. Um, so yeah, he's definitely undervalued this year for sure. And I mean, his defense is so good that, you know, he's going to have like huge war seasons for the next, you know, four or five years. So he's not coming out of that, coming out of that lineup at all. Nope. No, sir. Agreed. Last thing I'll say here, some bad news. Uh, Andy Rodriguez needs elbow surgery. Indirectly. It's good news for, uh, Henry Davis, who we had 16 overall in the catcher rankings somebody who there's probably some question as to whether or not he's going to maintain uh, catcher eligibility. I would be surprised if he doesn't, uh, knowing that Rodriguez, especially for a catcher, could potentially miss all of next season, uh, depending upon the severity of the elbow injury and surgery that is required. Um, So Rodriguez, we had at 29. I think we probably already had some questions just in terms of overall value, what exactly the playing time was going to be like. Um, I didn't dislike Rodriguez, but, you know, felt like he was somebody that probably was more of a backup catcher for me in like a 14 to 16 team league. Um, and somebody that, you know, I would be starting if I didn't have any other options in a 30 team dynasty league. So um, I think there's still a lot of upside with Rodriguez. Um but for this year, it seems like the upside is going to lie with Henry Davis, who we saw some bits and spurts of what he can do with the bat. I think we'll see improved performance offensively from him this year. And he's going to get an opportunity to play every day and, and catch. So that should be interesting. Um, so sort of a, a bad news, good news situation, depending upon who you have rostered. Um, but sort of a fitting time to find that out right before we're coming on to record a catcher rankings podcast. Right, Dylan. Anything else that you want to discuss in the show, or should we wrap it up? We've done 36 hard minutes on catchers. Well, really, it's only been 20 minutes on hard catchers, but 20 hard minutes on catchers, and that's that's a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, I don't really have anything to add. I just, you know, read the article that came out, like the read the list that came out uh, on Tuesday, and uh, read our sleeper fades and targets article that's going to come out on Thursday. Uh, yeah. 
Really good insights. We'll have first baseman coming next week, second baseman coming after Christmas. We're going to roll into all the very fun positions, shortstop, third base, outfield, pitcher. So we roll into January. Uh, you can get. We're working on the handbook right now. That's going to ship out in a week. If you haven't already signed one up, you can go to Baseball America. We have a link where you can pre-order the 2024 Prospect Handbook that has 900 full scouting reports, all source data, scouting. You know, we're talking to everybody there in the game. Uh, tool grades on all players. Uh, one of my favorite things of, to read as a fan, and now I have an opportunity to be a part of it. And uh, I'm excited. I got my four chapters. I'm digging through those and get back to writing Blue Jays right now. So put your orders in. Uh, it's one of the best things that comes out every year, and then we'll be rolling out top 30 lists after that. But you will have access to those top 30 lists earlier if you order the handbook. So it's a benefit to do it. Get ahead of your league mates. Get some of these reports, some of these numbers that other guys are going to be jumping on in January, February when they're coming out. So, Dylan, that being said, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for uh, hopping on to the podcast with me. Had enough word salad for one day. <laughs> That's been the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. Cheers. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.